Hello and welcome to the Liverpool Way podcast. It's the morning after a fairly uninspiring 1-0 win over Fulham at Anfield. Mo scored another penalty, won by Darwin. Alisson made a couple of saves and there's really not much more to add. So thanks for listening and we'll catch you soon. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, apart from the Fulham game, there's plenty of other stuff for us to get stuck into. So keep listening and I promise we'll be more entertaining than that game was. Uh, I'm Dave Usher, editor at liverpoolway.co.uk and I'm joined this morning by Dan Corleone-Thomas and Paul Natten. Okay, Dan, we'll start with you, just as long as you're not going to open up with an impression. <laughs> no, open oh, up with an impression, Dan. That can always be arranged, Dave. <laughs> Dan, don't do it. I'll make it enough that <laughs> you can't refuse. <laughs> I've got a sore throat, so I would sound a bit more mafioso than normal anyway. Yeah, I uh, don't, know, don't know about that. But yeah. So what did you make of the game? I mean, it's not a, a sore throat through shouting, let me assure you of that, because nothing happened. No. Um, the last two times on this podcast, I, I, I've been on this podcast before, were um, two goalless draws with Chelsea, and apart from the penalty, really not a lot happened. It's not a game that's going to live long in the memory. I think James Pearce said that last night. Got the win, three points. It kind of just twists the Manx arms a little bit. They play Brighton tonight. Don't think they'll be dropping points there. I've just got a feeling that Brighton might have run their race just in time to play Everton next week. Um, but yeah, nice penalty from Mo. He's, it looks like he's got his penalty swagger back. Um, I'm not so sure it was a penalty. That happened right under my oh, nose. Oh, come on. Well, not you I, as well, Dan. Not well, you as well. I've, I've not seen a convincing replay, but at the time when I watched it live, because as I said, that's right under my, my seat, Dave. You know, my Sherpa took me up to it before the match. Yeah. Um, yeah. It looked to me as though... Was it was it Diop the lad who fouled? It looked yeah. to me like he had absolutely booted him. And when you look back at the replay, it, I mean, it's it's hip, it's the hip, isn't it? Where I think where the the VAR has upheld it. I mean, Marco Silva channeling his inner Evertonian, saying it was embarrassing, blah blah blah. The, uh, they, they looked at it for a little bit. They must have looked back and gone, well, there's no clear and obvious error there. What constitutes a clear and obvious or uh, obvious error? I'm not so sure, but it. I've not seen a convincing replay, but I'm not saying it's not a penalty. Okay. It's a very, very strange one. I, I, let me jump in on this, because I've, I've just been reading stuff on Twitter about it, and I'm, I'm absolutely bewildered that anyone's even disputing it. And yeah, it's, same. it's because like people are going, oh, does he touch him? That's, that's totally irrelevant. What happens? Darwin nicks the ball, and he knows he's nicking the ball just as the defender's about to clear it. So you know he's swinging at that ball and you're going to get booted. So in Darwin's head, he's like, I've got to nick it and then I've got to avoid as he's like taking a big wild swing. So he gets his foot on it. He's trying to avoid like the big wild swipe. So that automatically puts him in like an awkward position and he's losing his balance. And then he gets caught. Like he gets like his, his hip caught as he goes past them. So... And if you're the referee, you're looking at him from where the referee is. Not even Paul Tierney is waving that one away. As a referee watching that, that is like the most stonewall penalty you're ever going to see. And as you say, once VAR looks at it, they, they're not going to overturn that. They're just not because it, Darwin's impeded by what the defender's doing. Now, whether like he gets booted or not is irrelevant. It's a penalty. He gets in in front. The defender takes like a big wild swing as he's trying to clear a ball that's no longer there. And Darwin ends up going down because of it. It's it's like a hundred percent penalty, and I'm staggered that so many people were saying that it wasn't. 
It's, honestly, it's genuinely, it shocked me. And even yeah, like same. lads in the chat, lads in the chat as well, who were saying it, and you know, usual suspects who fucking don't like Darwin. We won't name them. We know who they are. <laughs> and I'm like, if, if that's any other name player them. on the pitch, no one's even talking about this. But they didn't want Darwin getting the credit for us getting the pen. That it's as simple as that. It's a thousand percent not a dive. No, I, I don't for one second think he's. I think what you said is right. You know, he's anticipating. The, the, the swinging leg it's just it, it was weird it was just a very strange incident because like like I said that happened right in front of me and I thought that he had absolutely wiped him out and you know like proper contact shin to shin and it, it didn't happen like that but I mean it was, it was nice and sharp from Darwin to nick the ball I don't think he played as badly last night as others, as others were making out it wouldn't be his best performance either but I'm sure we're going to come on to him in yeah. more detail yeah we will do uh, Paul, your thoughts? Not a huge amount more to add to what Dan said. I think my take's very, very similar. Um, I'd be surprised if anyone had a, a broadly different take on the game last night. I mean, I think, the um, same as you, Dave, bewildered on the penalty that anyone could even doubt it. I mean, it just looks absolute stonewall to me. He nicks the ball and then is totally taken out and impeded from, from getting to it. Um, you know, how, how that happens is absolutely irrelevant. You know, that to me is just absolute stonewall. Um, in terms of the game itself, I thought we were better first half than we were second. I thought the tempo was more like it in the first half mm. um, without being right at it. I, th- I thought Curtis and Trent were really good in the first half and others were okay. Diaz caught the eye as well. Yeah. Um, but I thought the atmosphere was flat. I-, I think, broadly speaking, it's been flat all season. And I think that's probably something we want to talk about a little bit more. Um, and John and I were talking on the walk up. I think you and Jules were, uh, were just behind us chatting about something else. And John and I were just trying to, we're talking about that and trying to work out um, whether this is the um, the first season under Klopp where we've had nothing to play for at this stage of the season. I think it is. I think the last time we went into these final few games and nothing to play for was Rogers last season. Um so, and I think, I mean, well, that de- I suppose that depends whether you think we're still playing for the Champions League places, but I mean, whether we are or we aren't, um, I don't think uh, anyone is, is feeling that, even if they think it might might just about be possible. It just feels really, really flat. Mm. Um, and I think, you know, the club is absolutely crying out for a lift. Um, and I think, you know, Channel and me and Jules, we all love a big transfer. And I think the club really feels like that's what it needs at the moment. Um, which is why it's so frustrating that uh, we're not we're not doing a really big transfer. Although again, maybe more on that later. But on, in terms of the game itself, um, yeah, not a huge amount more to add. I mean, the defending wasn't great again. Um, the back line looked wobbling all over the place um, at times. You know, we're just clearly not got. Uh, it's not drilled. They're not in a line. They're mm. a bit of a dog leg. Yeah. Um, that again continues to be a worry. Um, Darwin uh, looked clunky. Um, I'm, I'm starting to feel really sorry for him to be honest um, and if we get on more onto Darwin later on I've, again I've got more thoughts on that um, yeah he's not playing well but I'm starting to really feel quite sorry for him in terms of the, the context around that um, most penalty was well taken thought Fulham uh, on the quiet were decent I yeah. thought they, they played a high line really well thought they defended well and Leno I think was really good at coming out, out sharply we were trying to play sort of like Diaz and, and Darwin were both trying to make diagonal runs in behind and Leno was always quick off his line for those. The, the passing wasn't quite sharp enough. They weren't off the shoulder enough to exploit those uh, those potential opportunities for balls in behind. But I think what we did put in there, Leno was, was quickly out and their high line did the rest. 
So I thought they, you know, they're a, they're a decent side. Didn't have a huge amount of threat up front. I think Allison dealt with a um, couple of couple of opportunities that they had. And again, we, you know, I think I don't. Is there anyone who doubts that he's been our player of the season? I think no. he's comfortably so, isn't he? Yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, I suppose five games on the bounce. That's a positive. I mean, I look back at those five games and think I'm not quite sure how we managed to get five wins on the bounce. Mm. It feels like uh, at times it was we got the wins despite ourselves. But you know, you can't really argue with 15 points out of 15. Really, I mean, great. Um, so yeah, overall, bit of a mediocre game, but take the win and uh, again we move on. See, the last four wins we've had have all been by one goal, and they were all different scores. That's it. I don't yeah. think they. I think. I've seen something like Tony the third or fourth time. Fourth, I think. I saw yeah. that tweet, yeah. Yeah, that we've had like a four one goal margin of, of victory and it was like a different score. It is weird, like, but then the other game in there was the only convincing one we had, which was uh, Leeds where we battered them. And even that was like <laughs> the first half, like until we scored was wasn't wasn't great. But I mean, that's normal, I suppose. Games can be tight until you score and then it opens up. But yeah, I just thought like that last night was just the first half was okay. I thought it was it was like it was a nearly half. We had like lots of good football. There was lots of things where you, you know you felt good about, but it just didn't translate into like chances and goals. Um, I suppose the closest we came, other than the goal, was that one when Mo's danced through, and then probably should have cut it back. He had like two people he could have squared the two, but he's tried to. Yeah. I, I, and I get why he's done it because when you've done a run he like that, that you before, want to finish it off yourself and I, I totally get it but he just got underneath it and, and missed and Trent had a couple of shots one wide, one blocked I thought Trent was really influential in the first half but Is that a new pattern of play starting to develop there do you think Dave? I noticed that a few times they seem to be working the ball to Trent on the edge of the area for shots I think he had two or three yeah. one of them was blocked by Curtis or Diaz no Diaz I think. Diaz it was yeah yeah, yeah um, it looks like it's something they're starting to look for. I thought, yeah, that was one of the things that stood out to me it in the first be. half. It should be something we look for because part of the problem, none of our midfielders can shoot. So he, Fabinho's not too bad like when he gets a shooting chance, but he, he, t- he tends to just not go for it, doesn't he? But when he does, he's got a decent dig on him. But any chance Hendo gets, you know, it's going over the bar. Curtis won't shoot anymore. Um, and, like, you know, Thiago's not one for getting shots in. I mean, Ox is the only one who actually wants to have a dig, but he's just never never plays anyway. So if we can get Trent in those positions, then yeah, because I do think that's something that we need to do more. We don't score many goals from outside the box. I mean, I don't know if the statistics back that up, but it doesn't feel like we take too many shots from outside the box. We tend to try to walk it in a little bit. So yeah, if we can get Trent shooting opportunities, the more the better, because he can shoot. Uh, he's unlucky the one that it Diaz. And the other one just trickled like a few inches wide. So, yeah, definitely something we need to be looking at. But it was just a nearly half. We had like lots of good moments that didn't quite come off. And I thought Darwin was all right in the first half. And then the second half, he, he did absolutely nothing. Um, he just got bogged down in the end. But the first half, I thought he showed some things. We may as well get on to Darwin now. Now, what I would say is like, People, I don't know what people are judging him on. Like, are they what looking at him and wanting him to do the things that Bobby was doing and Gakpo was doing? Because if that's what you're expecting from him, you're going to be disappointed and you're going to think he's shit because he can't do those things. But that's not what he's there for. 
he's there to give us like a threat behind. And there's a time and a place for that because there's been loads of games and everything we do is just in front of teams and it's so easy to play against. Having Darwin there, who's one thought is always running behind, running behind. That's a, that's an asset. We've just got to learn to use that properly at the, at the right time, and it's not necessarily going to be every game. You know, we might not be starting every game in in the future, but it's something different. And how many times have we said, you know, we need to mix it up? We've got to have a plan B. All of this. I like the fact that like he gives us that option, especially when you've got Trent there now getting on the ball so much. All it takes is like one moment where Trent gets it and is able, and it almost happened in the second half last night. It's so close where if the defence is quite high up the pitch, you can just whip a ball in behind with a bit of bend on it to keep it away from the keeper. And Darwin's going to get onto it because he's so fast. And he's, he just stretched and he just couldn't quite bring it in on his left foot, remember? And he ended up, he had, he had to go just wide. Yeah, just just went wide, didn't he? He's it? a fraction away from taking that ball in stride and going through. And that's what he gives you. So I just think he's, he's being like really harshly judged because his all-round game is not Bobby Firmino, it's not Cody Gakpo, but that's not who he is. He's a different type of player. <clears throat> different type of player. And I think... You know, as you alluded to before, I totally agree with it, Paul. I think, like, you know, his head's maybe a bit all over the place. And it's not going to be helped when Trent's doing like that, what he did in the second half. And he's oh, like, throwing I was fuming about that last night. Because neither of them have it's actually. Out of order. It is it's It is out of order, especially in the context of, of like Darwin's situation. And he's hardly played lately, and people are questioning. The last thing he needs is Trent doing that. Because Darwin's exactly. done nothing wrong there. And to be fair, neither has Trent. It's just one of those situations. Darwin makes the run, he points where he wants it, and if the ball goes there, he's in. But the problem is, the, the pass is not quite on. Trent thinks, I can't get that through. The defender's coming across, and he takes the extra touch. But Darwin's already committed to the run, as he should do. And so he's ran offside, Trent plays it, and Darwin's now got his back to it, because he knows he's offside. He can't make any play on the ball. And then Trent's like throwing his arms up, like making, you know, making out like Darwin's done something wrong. And I've already seen it on Twitter, fucking dickheads going on about, oh, look, that shows his lack of game intelligence. Like, no, it shows your lack of game intelligence. If you look at that and think that he's done something wrong, that's what he's supposed to do. He's a striker who runs in behind. Occasionally that's going to happen. He's not coming short to, to feet. Now, maybe Trent's wanting to play a 1-2, but Darwin's not wanting to play a 1-2. He's wanting to run in behind because that's his game. So, like, that pissed me off. I, don't, I mean... I don't think Trent's done anything wrong with with the pass. It's just it's just one of those things. Like the, the time, the arm, and, yeah, the, the time is not the quite there. But he does that, and straight away people are looking at that, going, "Oh, look, the players are all pissed off with Darwin. They don't want to play with him. They, they they're not on the same wavelength and all that." And it's just unnecessary. It's like fucking hell, Trent. You've done him no favors whatsoever by carrying on like that. Especially because they seem to have a good relationship, you know. Trent settled quite a few goals for them, and like you see, as soon as it happens, Darwin's pointing at him and he's running over, and that's so they do seem to have like a good on-field relationship. So I don't think there's anything that needs reading into that at all about oh Trent thinks he's shit or whatever. I just think Trent got frustrated in that moment, but reacting the way he did, it's done him no favors. And I'm sure, like when, when Trent thinks about it afterwards, he's probably thinking, ah, yeah, I shouldn't have done that, but. It's like Klopp on the touchline. As soon as he does these things, he knows, oh, shit, yeah, I've gone too far there. But it's done and you can't take it back then. But, yeah, it just gave, like, a lot of the... uh a lot of the critics ammunition to be to be having a go at them and I just thought it was unnecessary. Um, but the second half wasn't great from Darwin and, 
you know, <laughs> Klopp afterwards, and he described him as a racehorse. And I was like, oh, for fuck's sake. All that means is Terry's going to go straight in the chat with that fucking... <laughs> the gif of the horse standing on the ball and falling over and he hasn't done it yet so he, all I can assume is he hasn't seen the quote from Klopp but yeah when he calls it's him a racehorse like, it's oh, less than a week since he last used it so call him a greyhound or something don't call him a racehorse <laughs> you're doing him no favours at all do you know what right I I, um, I, I I called Trent out at the time on the cop last night I just thought it was a disgrace like Darwin doesn't need it he quite clearly is, is struggling with his confidence um, do you know what right I, I have I, I I stopped doubting, questioning Klopp uh, after the Coutinho decision to sell Coutinho. That was the there's only there's only two things in my mind that I've really had issues with Klopp about, and I think I can see that I was wrong on both of them afterwards. One was the whole telling us how to support the team thing. I thought, who are you? You've only been here ten minutes. But in retrospect, you know when we were all walking out. Early, well, I say we. I wasn't, but you know a lot of the fans were walking out early, yeah. and he called everybody out about it. And I thought, who are you to be saying that? In actual fact, he was absolutely spot on and it definitely changed the relationship between the crowd and the team, I think, within his tenure. I mean, he wasn't appreciative of the fact that we'd been through years of absolute dross, yeah. give or take the odd season prior to that. But he was right to do it in retrospect. I was I was wrong to criticise him. The other thing I questioned him on was selling Coutinho in that transfer window. I just thought he should make him stay. I thought you know it was going to affect our season. And again, he got, he got that absolutely right. And my, my mindset always has been, you know, Klopp knows exactly what he's doing. Um, he, he instinctively and intellectually knows what he's doing at all times, and he gets things right. And he, and that's still broadly true. But I have to say that this season, I think he's getting some things wrong. And I think, um, excuse me, I think um, one of the one of the big ones is how he's handling Darwin. You know, I, I think we signed this player ostensibly to play uh, through the middle, which is where his game is. That's where he started off playing. And then he just seems to completely have, have changed his mind about what he wants from him. He's changed his position. He's pushed him out to the left. He signed another player in front of him. He's dropped him. He's then publicly said he can't press or speak English. Um, and, and basically, like, thrown him under the bus. Now, I know it wasn't done in a highly critical tone, but all of this is done at a time when Darwin is struggling and to, and to have all of that go on can't be good for him. I mean, that said, it's things are pretty bad when the copper chatting his name for blocking the keeper from throwing a ball out which happened last night and that was that honestly made me cringe I know it was supposed to um, encourage the lad and, and everyone's trying to G him up the same as he got cheered off when he went off at sub he didn't do anything last night to deserve that and that was the cop trying to encourage him but, see you know, I think that's fair though I, I, I totally well, I, get I, I, that as I said as He's I said, enough I've got no shit from other it. people like, I, and his Dave, confidence is down I think I've it's got, good I've got no problem I've got no problem with it at all it is cringy but you've got to do it what, it's a sign of how much he's struggling is, is my real point is that when all he does is block the keeper from throwing the ball out and then the cops start cheering his name he's not struggling though Paul he's not struggling that much he really isn't it's being overstated how much he's struggling I think it's not like well, he's completely shit and he's not scoring. Or he's got like these fifteen goals or something, and he makes things happen. He's just not. He's not having a great time. Things haven't been good in twenty twenty three. Not really. Him, no, he's not got started. So it's been so stop start, and then he's not playing. It's not like he's having a run of games and he's stinking the place out. And you're like, oh, he's he's bad. He's shit. That's not. That's not really what's happening. But clearly, there is like a problem there. He needs. He needs his confidence boosting. And any little thing I think he, he needs does. a role. I think he needs a clear role, and I think yeah. he needs clear coaching. And I said it on the last part. I, he, he's screaming out 
for a proper pre-season and um, extended periods of time on the training pitch where he can be drilled and drilled and drilled in terms of what they, they want from him. You know, I think they they maybe feel that they've done that with him this season, but clearly he needs a bit longer. He needs mm-hmm. a bit more. Um, but I just I, I just feel that he needs... Uh, uh, Klopp, Klopp pissed me off, really, over that. I mean, I think he's also really... really I don't know if you want to do Bellingham again or not. We'll but go really to that later. It is on the, it's on the list. That, well, that's bothered me as well. I'll come to that later. But all of that's in the mix. And I just think, you know, he's chopping and changing what he wants from some of the players. You know, he's changing strategies, changing tactics. And on one level clearly need to because we've had a terrible season but on another level you know let's not throw players under the bus at the same time you know I think um, yeah I felt sorry for Darwin last night it's, even though I don't think he had a good game at all um, yeah I just maybe, maybe they've decided they've reached the point where he needs a kick up the arse rather than support and encouragement but um, I don't know yeah I I, I, I still feel that there's a there's, there's a raw um, a raw potential there you know those bursts of pace that you see from him that instinct to chase the ball, that instinct to chase into the six-yard box. Nobody else we've got plays like that. Mm. You know, no no one else we've got has those same instincts and has those same attributes. Um, and I think if we can find a way to harness that, then I think he could be really, really good for us. But it's up to us. to It's as much up to us as a team to work out how to use him as it is for him to adapt yeah. to us. So, yeah, I've got a lot of sympathy for him at the moment. It's about and also, a place for him, though, Paul. You know, it, definitely. Where does definitely. he play? You know they've got to find find a way of for me. That's the that's my biggest issue with Klopp. Really, is chopping and changing how he's using him. Define a role for him, even if that doesn't mean he plays every week. But what's his actual role? It can't be like on the left one minute, then through the middle, and then that really threw me last night. Gapo comes on, and I was expecting him to do to to, to move Darwin over to the left and to play Gapo through the middle, and then he doesn't. Well, that must make Darwin think, what's going on here? If, if you're prepared to try it now, for, I mean, you know, that only went on for a few minutes until he went off again. But again, it's just, it just strange, confusing, contradictory messages. Um, no, it's a, it's a season of a lot of, a lot of difficulty and a lot of frustration for everybody. You know what I mean? So I understand that everyone's getting things wrong and, and Klopp has got to try and find solutions and, you know, fair play to him for doing that. But I just think Darwin's a bit of a victim in all of this, really. And I think, um, you know, I just feel a bit sorry for him. He's got to do better. No doubt he's got to do better, but I do feel sorry for him. I agree. He has got to do better, but it's also tricky that I can't I can't legitimately sit here and say he should be in the team because I think the others have done, have done well enough yeah. and it looks yeah, right the way we're playing now. The, the the setup looks good. Players Diaz are, started players really like well a, in those yeah. couple of games. I mean, Diaz is like my my first choice player in the forward line. It's like I pick him, and obviously Mo plays as well. But I think Diaz is like so important to us. Um, he's definitely playing, and Mo's obviously going to play because of the amount of goals he scores. So then there's one spot for the rest of them, and I can't sit here and say Darwin should have that spot. Now, if we were playing a different way, then I could make a case for it. But the way we're playing at the moment, no, obviously Gakpo's like clearly well suited to that, and Jota's scoring goals, so that Darwin is at the bottom of the queue. And I'm as much as I'm like a massive fan, I'm not going to say like he should be ahead of these players. What I would say is he brings a lot to the table and we've got to find a way of getting them all in there. You know, and I don't know how to do that, but I'm not paid to do that. It's not my job. You know, we found a way to get Trent in, in better positions to to bring the best out of him. Well, can we not find a way to get Gakpo and Nunes both playing? Because I think like those two really dovetail very well. You know what they do? You've got one running in behind, one who'll come short. In theory, that should work really well. So whether that means yeah. 
you leave out a midfield player and you play like the four of them. Not every game, and you're not going to go and do that against Man City or something or Arsenal. But there's certain games where you probably should be able to do that. So that's something that in pre-season, maybe they need to figure out a system where they can they can get him involved along with Gakpo rather than one or the other. I don't know. But this is what they're paid money to do. So, you know, they need to figure it out. Dan, what are your thoughts on Darwin? We, me and Paul have done this to death. You know, we, we talk about him like every, every pod. So. Well, you, you've done very well, you know, like, to like kind of summarise my feelings as well, it's, it's a concern. I think one of the immediate things that I want to pick up on is Gapo is just more intelligent than Nunes at this point. Um, I think one yeah, of the I think that's fair. the moves, one of the moves that we do a lot that I like is feet in to if uh, into Gapo's feet, quick turn, and he's gone and he's running at people and he's got you know runners either side. That's something that that we do a lot that I really like. Um, so in regards to Nunes himself, the player that went to the World Cup is different to the one that's come back. I don't know why that is, um, but he just started to hit his straps when um, the, the, the season passed for the World Cup, and when he come back, he's never been quite the same. The effort is the the application is not, and I think, correct me if I'm wrong, Dave, but at the, kind of like at the start of the season, do I remember a conversation on the group about Darwin not necessarily being the biggest fan of training? He just... I seem to remember us having that conversation. Uh, I don't know. Don't know. Um, no, I don't see that. I don't remember that. No. Yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe I mean, I'm how, mistaken. How would we know? Well, exactly. But we, we wouldn't have any idea what he's like in training, would we? Really? So. Yeah, I, I seem to remember it being a conversation. Was that a rumor that came out of Portugal? Was it Dan or something? P- p- I don't know. I don't, I don't remember that. It, it was. It was before the season started. Put it that way. Right. Um, so it was, it was a while ago now. Um, so I'm just wondering if there's anything in that. What, and what the, do you mean by that? Barrier. Do you mean he's like not putting effort in the training, or he just doesn't? Look he doesn't good enjoy it. He doesn't enjoy training. Was the rumor that I, I remember at the time? He just doesn't enjoy I training. I've not heard that. Um, but I'm not like adding fuel to a fire here. You know, I'm, I'm not saying that's the case. I just remember it being a discussion back in in August, um, and obviously it he started was, the season well. He started the season well, so it's irrelevant. But they would have known that because it's not yeah, like in the past when, lot, when you sign someone and then you find out he's a knobhead. You know, they, they know full well about every player's character, personality. They, they know all of that before they bring them in. Yeah, I, I, I would not anticipate there being any issues there. I would just I, I remember it being something that we discussed um but in terms of of what he's doing we don't know what we want him to do and i don't think he knows what we want him to do either is he playing off the left is he playing through it's just a mess um i fully understand why we brought gapo in um he is going to do what firmino did um and I assumed that that was going to be the plan for, for Nunes when we signed him, and it's not been the case. So the the transfer strategy there, you know, do we need him? Yes, we do, because we need five top forwards, um, in, in my opinion. So there's definitely a lot to work with. There. I am a big fan of, of, of Darwin Nunes, but there is a lot. Like Whenever he, he used to play, there used to be carnage and chaos that followed him. And that's not been the case for the last two or three months. I'm not in, even in, for one second suggesting that we're going to sell him for a cut price deal or, or, or whatever. Um, I would. He he was on my list if you remember that that I um, that I made last time to, mm. to to keep, and he was untouchable. And my mind's not changed on that because there is definitely the attributes of um, a centre forward there that that we can work with. I think the issue is that we've paid eighty million plus for someone who's not the finished article. But, Do you know what though, Dan? I think there's. You can certainly start. No, I mean, I, I'm not saying this, 
but you can certainly start to carve out an argument for saying we've signed him to do something that we've now decided we don't want him to do we've got an imbalance in terms of forwards where we've got loads that prefer the left Uh, he's had an indifferent season let's sell him now to sign somebody who can come in off the right a right right side of Diaz or a, a, a Mo alternative I mean, I'm certainly hearing there was there was rumblings along that around me in the cop last night. Um, it's not something I particularly um, I'm in favour of at all. Although I do accept that there's an imbalance in the forwards. Um, I, I just want us to, uh, to to stick to our guns and make the plan that we had when we signed him work. Yeah. Um, but I do think that it's it's you know it's I know I know fans are fans are very um, are very reactive, um, but it is a concern that people are now you know nearly a year in thinking about, you know, is he the right player for us? Should he still be here? Should he go? I, I can't see that happening. I can't see Klopp cutting his losses. It's just not the way he works. Mm-hmm. Klopp, will want to, Klopp will almost take it as a point of personal pride to double down and prove with his coaching um, that he can uh, he can harness the player's talent. Because there is, there is definitely something there. There's definitely talent there that we can get more out of. Well, the other thing there, though, Paul, right, and I want to ask Dan about this in a sec because I can't remember... Uh, everybody was on Dan's list, but you only have to look at Jota because a few weeks ago, as I said, yeah, like in the point. last pod, we weren't saying sell Jota, get rid of him, you know, we surplus the requirements. But there was an argument that if we did need to move somebody on to, to raise money, you're looking at players and think, well, who can we get some money for who would be expendable? And Jota was on that list because he hadn't scored for 12 months. And then all of a sudden, he's got like five goals in four games. And we're all like, yeah, Jota's definitely part of the future. Well, who's to say, like, in the the games that we've got coming up, Darwin doesn't bang in a hat trick in a game and then follows it up with like a goal in another one. He's got like four goals in two games. And everyone's suddenly singing a different tune. But what what did you think about Jota, Dan? Was he on your list of maybes to go or. Uh, he was not on my list to, to no, he was not on my untouchable list. Um, there, there weren't many players on a list to sell. I don't have a list to sell, but uh, Jota was not on um, the list to absolutely stay. No, he wasn't, um, and he still isn't, to be honest. Um, although it's nice that he's rediscovered his goal-scoring touch, and um, you know, he, he looks sharp. Although when he came on yesterday. Um, him and Gakpo in that, in that last five minutes the only bit of pressure that Fulham had in a sustained manner uh, the hold up play was atrocious it they was. just kept giving the ball away every 30 yeah. seconds the it one when we had the 2v1 <laughs> yeah. and Gakpo tried to I don't know what he tried to he tried to like back Flip, it he tried into, to flick it around yeah. the corner didn't he because if he if it, that had to come off Jota's clean through but yeah he took, made a total mess of it yeah. just on Jota I've, I've got to make this point Klopp said, "Like um, he's not he's not started the last couple of games because he got that like heavy knock against West Ham, didn't he? And he got like uh, a knee in the back. In the back, yeah. And he comes on in uh, the last game, the weekend uh, Spurs comes on the Spurs game, and the first thing that happens, he gets another knock in the same spot. And I just watched this press conference like this morning. I watched it from last night, and he said about Jota, and he said he's him." <laughs> He came on last night and uh, unbelievably straight away he's got a knock on that back. I'm like, you know what? Maybe not fucking tell the opposition that Jota's got a badly bruised oh, back yeah. and that's why he's not starting games. Do you think maybe that's why like, he's getting fucking booted in the back every time he sets foot on the pitch? Because yeah, he's still saying... Up. You know, he's got he's got heavy bruising and he keeps getting the knock on it as soon as he comes on. I'm like, yeah, that's probably not a coincidence, you know, Jürgen. Maybe just stop fucking talking about it. Like WWE working over the body parts, such and such a body's going injured leg, right? Where they're going in a sharpshooter. 
another thing that I want to mention before I forget is, um, you know, I'm not down with this at all. Where's this come from? Every time like Canate makes a challenge and you've got boo boo, boo oh, I hate no, it. No, just fucking stop. It's right up there with shoot. It's, it's I proper, hate on the cop yeah, at the moment. It's just proper it's championship behaviour. Yeah, it hate is. It. Don't like it at all, and it's it's creeping in. Don't I like wanted it. to win about something with the crowd last night myself. Actually, um, kind of Paul mentioned earlier on, you know, that it's not. It's been a bit flat last season, and um, I think. It was a, a typical end of season midweek game where there was a lot of people who had come to the first match and um, had got tickets and travelled from from wherever. The amount of people bitching and whinging that we weren't flying forward at, at one 0 with ten minutes to go. It's like we're not here for your like day trip. We're here to win a football match. There were people like whinging and complaining. We weren't bombing forward with like five, ten minutes ago. It's like we're winning one nil. We're not going to push forward for your entertainment. So is it, is it not where you sit? Is it not mostly season tickets then? Um, there's a mixture of it. Uh, there's quite a few season tickets. Like the the one next, the seat next to me is um, is general sale because about ten years ago, the person who used to sit in that seat forgot to renew his season ticket, mm. didn't renew it in time, and, and lost it. But uh, there, there's there's quite a few general sale on the row behind me. Um, and rows in front and to, to my other to my side as well. So it's not the same people. The people who sit around me, I I know them, you know, and I, I, they know me. But um, no, there's there's quite a few general sales up in the, uh, the, the the top of the mountain, the top of the the upper Kenny. Yeah, there was no moaning where I was sat. I, people just couldn't be asked. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's just sat in oh, it, it was just, just, just blow the whistle. Let's get out of here. I tell you what, though, there was there was some lad by some lad by me. Just uh, row in front, about five seats over to the left. He spent the whole game on his phone, just texting people all the way through the game. He was barely watching. It was mad. He's not a lad who's normally there. It's a weird one. Like I just thought, why have you lashed out all that money to come? You obviously don't get to the game very often. You just, you just there. You had the Liverpool scarf on. You just texting all game. Bizarre. Absolutely bizarre. Well, whatever um, he was watching was probably more entertaining than the game. To be fair. Yeah, I think he was having a row with his missus or something on the, via text. I don't know what it was, but it was My weird. My point like, still stands. It's probably game. more entertaining. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a shame he wasn't sat directly in front of you, Paul, because you could have just read the row could with his missus instead of the game. <laughs> <laughs> Screenshot that shit and show us all. Uh, is there anything else on the game that we need to talk about, or can we just, yeah, just move just on? Yeah, just a quick one on most, on most penalty. Um Interesting that he went the same place down the middle, very emphatic, and he's changed his run-up. Two games on the run now where he's changed his run-up, so the last two he scored, that little like skip to the, skip to the right just before he, he runs, he's, he's not doing that now. He's moved to the position on the right that he wants to run up from. Um, it's obvious that he's, he's... It's all psychological, isn't it, I think, with penalties, but he's taken some time away and he's looked again at how he's taken penalties. I think he's just slightly changed yeah. his technique. He's done a two games on the run. I just thought it was quite, it was well, noteworthy. I think it's worthy of comment. Uh, and also, just Go just on. on Mo as well. Sorry, Dave. Twenty six goals in an absolutely appalling, horrible, yeah. flat season. Twenty six goals. What a player! For all that, um, I'll, I'll, I'll take a leaf out of uh, the Dave Usher book here. For all the, for all the, for all the, the, the usual suspects in the group chat moan about how he doesn't do this and he doesn't do that. <laughs> He's an absolute machine that we take for granted let's just focus on how amazing he is as a goal scorer absolutely incredible right up there with our all time greats what a, what a sensational player he is um, so you know yeah, what though Paul big up Mo Salah 
God bless, God bless you, Monty. Because last night, I, I, the, the final whistle goes, and me and John are walking out, and we're both just having a look to see what's getting said in the chat. And it's like there's a lot of like Darwin hate going on in there. And then in amongst yeah. there, yeah, <laughs> it's Stu. Yeah. <laughs> the amount of times Mo's wasteful with those three balls is like infuriating. I'm like, yes, Stu, go ahead. You stick to your guns. He just he can't help himself. He's like, he's just always got to point it out. And he was right based on last night's game as well. He did give the ball away a lot, so he was right. But it's just the sheer relentlessness of it. I just think it's great. <laughs> You can subscribe to the Liverpool Way podcast on all the major platforms, whether it's Apple, Google, Spotify, Amazon or Podbean. Just search for the Liverpool Way, leave us a review and hit subscribe to automatically receive all new episodes. You can also head to liverpoolway.co.uk and grab a TLW season ticket for just £3 a month. There's tons of exclusive content, including match reports from every Liverpool game, weekly Premier League roundups, the TLW diary and access to the members only forum. Lastly, you can follow us on social media at the Liverpool Way on Twitter and at the Liverpool Way TLW on Instagram and Facebook. If we're doing shout outs, I'd like to give one to Alison's serve um, from that big goon who they had up front. It was a brilliant serve. Watched it. Yeah, yeah, one, 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 yeah, proper, proper good serve. And that was the only real chance, apart from early on when, when Van, Dank, Van Dijk cleared it. Um, you know, it was such a good save, and Paul. He made already... another save as well, though, in the first half. You remember? I think it was from the same player. Yeah. Yeah. Van Dijk didn't didn't, right, get the, didn't get a block in. He got a shot in because, and then Van Dijk was pissed off that they played him on side. Ah, yes, yeah, yeah. I remember but now. Yeah. It goes back to what Paul was saying about like the, you know, the, the back line. The, yeah, the the back line just being like a, a dog's leg. Uh, it was like yeah. Virgil and, and, uh, and Trent. Were, were too deep, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, Virgil and Trent Virgil, were like Virgil, holding the Virgil positions. Virgil and Trent had the line and the other two were, yeah. uh, were not. They dropped in and played them on side and Alisson's made the save. But yeah, the second half save was brilliant. I'll tell you what was surprising. I think that came, if I remember rightly, oh no it wasn't, it was a different one. It was, William just kept getting in and when, when William burned off Canate, I was like, what the fuck has that happened? Because he's, Good how old is William now? Player, um, he's 32. I think he's a bit older than that. I think, I, I think he was 32 when he was at Arsenal. I'll just quickly yeah. Google. I, I think he's about 34, 35. But like, Still a good player, though. He's, isn't 30, like, he's 34. He's a, he's a really good player. Um, he was shit at Arsenal, though. He was really shit. He looked like he was washed up and finished. And when Fulham signed him, I'm like, oh, he just wants like one, one another last payday and he's just going to go through the motions there. He's been brilliant for them this season. His attitude's like so good. Works his bollocks off. Yeah. And like he went past Trent once, but he got he outpaced Trent, but it was because Trent had like got caught flat footed and couldn't turn and get back. But he was sure on the outside a bit, didn't he? I yeah. think Trent's on that one, yeah. And he took it and just blew by him. But the Canate yeah. one, he's actually just in like a, a foot race with him and, and they're both more or less starting from the same point and he got to the ball first. I was like that was really like impressive from him. But yeah, he played well, Willie, and he's a good player and um the the save from Allison is like you know that's the difference between us getting three points and one point, isn't it? Really, and you know, over the course of the season, how many points have we got that we wouldn't have got if we'd have had just an average goalkeeper? Put it this way, right? If Allison played in goal for Leeds and Melier played in goal for us, honestly, think Leeds would be above us in the table. I'm not even exaggerating I there. I don't think that's an unfair shot. I think, like, honest, you're think you're looking at right. like 
probably 10 to 15 point swing in both directions. Yeah, yeah. That's the, the uh, importance. What do we make of uh, what do we make of Terry's boy Polina last night? I, I thought their mid, yeah, the, uh, their midfielder didn't think got, got that close to us, but he was he was the one who looked like he had something to me. He's a good player, yeah, um, very good player. I think like his, his stats for tackling and stuff, he's right up there. Like for winning yeah, the reads ball. it well, doesn't yeah. he? His positioning's really his good. Passing's good as well, and he gets about yeah. the pitch. Uh, he's a, he's yeah. a really good player. We I was been, watching we him just because we've had little links. He's, yeah. he's a Mendes boy, isn't he? Yeah, that's why I was watching him last night, and I thought he, I thought he, I thought he was decent. That Mendes, we've got a, like strong links with him at the moment. We've built up like a relationship with him. So, it's, if the price is right, he might be somebody you'd look at if they can't get, the, you know, the number one targets or whatever. I think he's definitely on the list of possibilities. Uh, he's twenty-seven now, isn't he? So ideally, they'd be looking for someone a bit younger than that. But uh, no, he's a, he's a good player, definitely. Uh, so are we done with the Fulham game then? Get on to other things. I think so, yeah. Okay, yeah. Thiago, injured again, out for the season. What do we do there? I think our hands are tied, really. I, I, I mean, I, I, he'd definitely be on my um, move him on if we can list anyway, I think. Just because I think, I don't know, he's only got a year to go. We're crying out for more mobility and youth, and he's got neither. Can't deny how classy he is. But when you when you put that together with his, it's just poor availability. His availability is poor. Yeah, it he's, is. He, I mean, he's not he's not in Cater or Ox territory, but he's not far yeah, off. He probably is. And also, know. then then there's the rumours about Barcelona being interested, and they're only looking for players who are available um, for buttons, really, for freeze. They're looking for basically players without a transfer fee, and he's on big wages. He'd be one I'd be moving on. Um, but I think now, I think we might struggle if he's having surgery. And also, I still there's still a big question it's mark. It's minor surgery, it's got... though. They said it's like it's only a minor op. It's not a oh, okay. not like a big deal. I, I mean, for me though, the bigger barrier is 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 we still have this big question mark over whether Klopp will actually force the issue with players. Mm. Now, I, I I have got the sense that he's got the bit between his teeth about regenerating the squad, but I at the moment I only feel confident that that's that's as far as bringing new players in goes. What I'm not confident about is that he's going to force the issue to move some players on. You know, there's some obvious players who are going to go. We know they're going to go. We don't need to list them all again. But I, I still think that we need some a little bit of enforced, of, of unenforced change, rather than forced change. So rather than just players who come to the end of their contracts or players that we promised, you know, in windows gone by that we will let them go because they want to play, we should be saying to at least a couple of players, I think, listen, we need, we've got other plans. We want to move you on. Thank you for what you've done, but that's it now. And I certainly think. Uh, not knocking him at all. I think he's an absolute class player, but I think Thiago, on balance, really hasn't been a great signing for us. And I think he's one I would move on. Uh, whether we can or whether, even more important, whether we will is another matter. Dan, what would you do? I think Paul's just, just nailed it. Um, I, I've used, about a year ago, I used the, the, the phrase, it was when he got injured against Wolves, just before the Champions League final. Um, and I said, I don't trust Thiago. Um, he always seems to, to get injured when we need it the least. So I'm kind of... I have nothing more to add other than, yeah, I, if we get the right offer, which I don't think we will because Barcelona will only offer 300 quid and a copy of Gurney World. What, what, is, what is the right offer, Dan? Because I, I think I'd let him go on a free, you know, given would, his age and the fact he's got a, a year left. He's on about 300 grand a, a week as well, isn't he? Yeah, I, I just let I don't him think go. It was on that much. I, I would have thought it would be like two, two, two hundred. Yeah, it, it's still 
a, a big a chunk. Yeah. I reckon if if you can do maybe ten million, let let him go. But he'll be out of contract at the end of next season anyway. And I, I don't think we get ten million for him. May, may, maybe, maybe not because he's going to cost not. you 10 million in wages isn't he a year yeah. he's on yeah, 200 can, grand a week that's 10 million a season you can never rule out Barcelona doing something nuts though they haven't they can't though because I was listening to the radio this morning no, they're a mess. about getting they're Messi mess. back and they've had to do this like proposal to La Liga which involves them creating a, a museum a Messi museum next to the stadium and they want to give Messi all the proceeds from it like to to help towards a salary because they, they can't like they just can't financially do anything. The hands are tied by like this. They, they still haven't they still haven't re-signed Gavi, have they? No. So they're trying to do that. They're trying to get Messi back. Uh, I I just don't. They're not going to pay a penny for Thiago, and they'd struggle to pay his wages as well. So I, I don't think I, I don't think that's happening. I just I, I also don't think Klopp will force him out unless Thiago says no, I'm ready worry. to move on. I think he'll we'll just let him see out his, the, the final year of his contract, and I'm okay with that. Yeah, because yeah. when he is fit, he's a, he's a good player. Now I don't know about this system, which role he fits. The only one I see him being like a good fit for is where Fabinho's playing. But if we go back to playing four three three in certain games, and he plays like the left of the three, then yeah, you know he's a. I love watching him. He's class. Really, really yeah. good player. And if he does stay for one more year, I'm fine with that. But you can make a strong case for. Just saying, look, it's not worked out. He's always been injured. We need to move on. And do you know, know Dave? You know, you, you said afraid, there you're fine. You, you said you're fine with it there, and I am on the, in terms of the individual. I have got, in fact, probably with any player. There's no player where I absolutely, apart from like the obvious, like you know, the out of contract injury prone ones who are going. There's no one where I think you have to go, and if you don't, yeah. I've got a problem. I just feel I want to see for a couple of reasons. I think it would do the squad good to see a couple of players, one or two players that no one's expected to go, to go. I think that would just make all of them think, I need to be on my toes a little bit here, that player hasn't performed, or that player's in some way not given the club what it's looking for, and they've moved him on. I think that's a, not a bad message for the whole squad. I also feel that it, that gives you further opportunities to bring in other players because of freeze of wages, forget transfer fees really, with some of these that we're Move, uh, that we might consider moving on but even just the wages that are released gives you a little bit more flexibility but I also in my mind it's like I've got this question about whether Klopp is prepared to do that now we've, we he did it to he did it to uh, Sacco didn't he Sacco's the one player he's forced out he just said you've got to go but that's and he went knob, but that was over an attitude yeah. issue so this for me is a different question and we've said continually Klopp has never in his career up until recently you know, it's only the last couple of seasons where he's he's been able to rotate. He's had that kind of luxury to be able to rotate. He's never experienced that before, and I think he's passed that test. He's shown he can he can rotate and win. He's, he's that's something he's never had to do, and he's done it now. Um, but what he, the other thing that he's never had to do is to is to rejuvenate a squad. Now he said he wants to do that. He signed his new contract. He's up for that. But I think part of rejuvenating the squad has to be make, taking some tough decisions, and I just want to see that he'll do it. Because there's no doubt in my mind, he'll have seen the same deficiencies in the same players that we've seen, and I think there's times where you've just got to say, "No, I'm going to, I'm going to take the pragmatic approach here, rather than just persist and think, back me coaching, back the sports science people to get more out of this player. Uh, I've made this commitment to the, to the, to the player, to the squad, etc. I want to see him actually say, no. And in a couple of cases, I'm just going to shake things up because change is good. Okay. There hasn't been enough change recently, and I, I, I'd like to see that happen. But. Look at it this way. I I agree with all of that, uh, but you know 
we've spoken before about like maybe like a high profile casualty to shake things up and, and, and get everyone on the toes and think, whoa, didn't see that coming. Does Thiago come into that and would Matip come into that? Because they're the names that get mentioned. I don't think I don't think they would. I don't think they are like a, a shock, you know, a, no, a shock maybe. departure. I mean, I, because I you can make such a, a, a strong argument for why we should move him yeah. on. And Matip as well, he's got a year left on his contract. He's in his 30s. You know, he's on a good wage as well. If we want to get younger at the position, it would be a sensible yeah. thing to move him on. And again, I'd, I'd be quite happy for Joel to see out the final year of his contract. I'd be in no hurry to get rid of him. But if you are looking to, to make changes, well, then they're the two obvious ones, really. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think I think in terms of it being a shock, it's all relative, isn't it? A shock because would be if think... you say to right, Virgil, you're done, you're you're gone. Yes, that would be. If, and if, I, we, I, if we yap stamming, yeah. And I'm not saying yeah, we should I'm, do that, but that no, would be I'm, something. No, I'm not advocating that. that would, be, that would be that really would be. Uh, I suppose I suppose I'm thinking more about. I mean, Fabinho probably for me, and I know people are now, and I I agree, Fabinho is coming back into some form. Um, and playing better over the last few games, but I just want to see a much more mobile midfield and a much more mobile team, and that's why probably the players that, in my mind, I think are ones I would be prepared to see move on are the ones who are older and less mobile. Yeah. Um, not that they're nece- not that that's inherently a problem now, but I think it's all just part of the mix, and it's stuff I want to see shaken up. I just want to see a pacey, powerful, very, very mobile, very, very hungry team. And I think you achieve that by signing younger, sharper, hungrier players. Like Jude Bellingham. <laughs> Dan. Like Jude Bellingham. Dan Bellingham. What what are your thoughts? Um, if you like it, you should have put a ring on it. Um we're basically <laughs> we're basically watching Dan, why didn't you sing that? <laughs> Hello. That was that was an open <laughs> goal for you to sing that then. That's quality. And I, you definitely rehearsed singing it before you came yeah. out, I'm sure. And you then did. you backed out you because of the, 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 the Dan Corleone oh, experience. Gutted. So you backed out on it. Commit to uh, it, Dan. I, I can't I can't do a, a Don Corleone impression, never mind Beyonce. Um Go on, it, give us a oh 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 come on Dan, go for it. Oh 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 oh! That's it's not even bad. <laughs> well, nice one. bad is relative. Um, but um, unfortunately, we've just watched the the girl that we like at the office party. We've been flirting with her for a couple of years, uh, and we're watching her go on with some dick from accounts. It's that that's basically the, the long and short yeah. of it. Spot on. When yeah. when Absolutely Real Madrid when Real Madrid get and involved, there is a dick from accounts, right? Yeah. yeah. When, when Real Madrid get involved, it's difficult because it's Real Madrid. They're going to add up more money. They're going to offer things that even Liverpool can't offer. Um, but I think that if we'd have really wanted him, I think we could have done this earlier to remove Real from the equation. Um, it would have cost a lot of money, but there you go. Um, I'm not surprised. I've been saying that I didn't think we'd sign him, not because I'm, not just because I'm a negative Nelly, but because I just thought that the sheer logistics and finances of it were going to overwhelm us. We need a lot of work. I do agree with that, but I just think that once a player like this, who clearly wanted to sign for us, clearly wanted to come to Liverpool, is available, you do whatever it takes. You and I know you don't like this, Paul. You max out that credit card. Um, you do whatever you can to get this player. You get, you know, you no, sell. No, I totally uh, agree with you, Dan. We just, sell, we just don't need to max out the credit card, though. Yep. Yeah, I totally agree with you. Chunk, Spot on. S- sell a chunk of Redbird to LeBron or whichever Gibraltar you want. Don't need to wanna, do that. You know, you, the money's there. Get, we don't need to get, do. Get the money. No, the, the money. If, and if, 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 if the money is there, you spend that money. I do understand to an extent what Jurgen is thinking, 
but uh, I think he's got that wrong. We've we've just watched our number one target. The reason we've not spent money on midfield for two years, walk away to the sunset with Real Madrid, and it is proper embarrassing. It's, like it's, it's it's embarrassing. It's infuriating, and as well, you know, like if we've been thinking he's going to come here and it gets to April, you know, like mid-April when when all this started to blow up a few weeks ago, you know, like how far down the line are we with other targets let's just say that we now want to go to to Cassiedo at Brighton for example uh, I'll just pick someone who can pronounce <laughs> Cassiedo the lad from Brighton you just invented a new player there <laughs> I thought his name was Moises Cassiedo Cassiedo no no um, let's just say we're going to him and now we're going to you say you a yacht territory there Dan well, I, I, I went for someone to say Jota I know, earlier. It, 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 it was appreciated, Dan. It didn't go unnoticed. I've yeah. seen the um, effort. So, you know, I, I, we, we're going to go and speak to the lad at Brighton and say, are you interested? And it's like, sorry, I'm signing for Arsenal. Right. I'm not saying that's true, but you know, it, it now puts us in that territory of are we going to be at second choices already? Um, I think it's seriously, seriously concerning. Um, and, and there yeah, you go, I, yeah. I, I, I totally agree with you there, mate. And I think... You know, I, I'm st- I still have to say, I'm still not absolutely 100% that he's going to Madrid. Do want to throw that caveat in there? Although I think it, I think it, it, it looks likely. There's no, there is no smoke without fire. But I just think the whole thing is absolutely pathetic. And I tell you what, it's absolutely 100% on Jurgen Klopp's shoulders. You know, I, I'm not having all this FSG. Where's the money? That's absolute shite. I've seen the accounts. The money is there. There's plenty of money to spend. There's plenty of um, ability on the wage. There's plenty of flexibility on the wage bill. There's plenty of flexibility in terms of amortisation. We can easily, easily, easily do the deal. Um, I don't need to go over all the reasons why we should do the deal because we've all heard that before. What's really, really pissing me off, and this comes back into my point about earlier from questioning Klopp again for the first time in a long time, is he's quite clearly changed his mind. You know, he's been super focused on this strategy and decided this is what he's going to do for for what a couple of years. Yeah. certainly for at least a year well, if, I, no it goes back to I think when he moved to Dortmund at 16 because we spoke to him then so yeah. he's had he's had a medium term or long term in football and context to plan to bring this lad in and then he's just bottled it and it's just it's shit it's pathetic it's weak it's embarrassing you know I just think I, I just uh, for me it's a big 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 red flag about the overall strategy of the club it throws up further questions about who the sporting director is why is the sporting director getting off um, after you know, in his dream job, after ten minutes here, who's making decisions about transfers? Are we now only doing business with um, Mendes and his and his clients, or we got preferential treatment from them? Um, our agents now having more of a say at the club rather than the data people, because that um, Ian Watts' face has got off as well. The data guy, he's going. Yeah. So there's all sorts of questions in my mind. Now I know all of that. It's supposition. It's based on hearsay, rumor, putting two and two together and coming up with ninety-three and a half. But, you know, I, I just, I have got questions. We've, we've had good reason to question what's going on this season, you know, and I think, um, I, I think we're entitled to have questions. Um, you know, there's good reasons for some of what we've seen, but, but others, you know, we, we, I don't think anyone can be blamed for pointing to a, what was a, a great team and a great squad falling off a cliff, because we have fallen off a cliff. I also don't, don't um, think that Klopp has, Klopp has to be absolutely perfect or expect him to be perfect. 
But what's bothering me is that there's, it strikes me that there's big, big decisions being made about the most important job that any football club has if it wants to be successful, which is recruitment, which we've been pretty much perfect at in, and probably the best at in world football over the last, I don't know, X number of years. Um, when those decisions look to be at least questionable uh, and in some cases um, poor, you know, I, we've already talked about Darwin and how we're using Darwin. We signed him. Why did we sign him? What we use him for? Now we use him differently, and that he's struggling a little bit. And then you know, this eggs in the all the eggs in the in the Bellingham basket, and now it looks like we've decided to change our minds and we're being beaten to the punch. I mean, it's just it's it's not right. It's not right, and it is for me. It's a big question mark over Klopp for the first time in a long time. Um, you know, love the guy, do love the guy. Not saying anything more than it's a question mark. Um, but it, but it, it, it is a question mark, and I'm not having what all the hordes on Twitter will be saying. FSG, FSG. It's idiotic. Read the accounts. The money is there. It's a decision that's been made. It's a choice that's been made. And in my view, it's by a mile the wrong choice. And it's really, really, really embarrassing. It's small time. Even like, like I'm, I'm with you on this. But even if you put that to one side. It's not specifically about Bellingham. To me, like it's just as big an issue is it could be any player, but we've waited for this player for so long at the expense yeah. of not doing other deals. And Definitely. when people are up in arms about, well, oh, you're not doing this, you're not doing that, and then they're putting it out behind the scenes to all like the, you know the local journals. No, 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 we're just keeping our part to drive for Bellingham. If we spend all our money now, then we can't afford him when he comes available next year. So just be patient. We've got a plan. We know what we're doing. And then it's like, so we're on, and, and I got totally on board with that. I, I defended them for not signing a midfield player last year because there was an end game here. And I'm like, okay, I'll suspend like my disbelief over what's going on and say, fine, if they think they can get Bellingham, maybe it seems unlikely with the, with the money, but they think they can do it. They're not doing other deals. I'll get on board with that. So... It's the club that's been like driving the bus here. It's not the fans demanding we want this player, we want this player. That's not it. The club are like driving the bus down fucking Bellingham Boulevard, and they've gone. Yeah, it's come Klopp, on, hop on. Klopp. Well, yeah, okay, Klopp. Yeah, but well, Klopp and his staff. That's what I mean by club. I don't mean ownership. I mean like you know, it, it's Klopp and the staff, and it's like yeah, yeah. We're, we're driving this bus, Bellingham Boulevard. Hop on board, come on. So we're all like, sound. We, we get on board. And then you just get like one stop from the end and they go, actually, you know what? We're going down Mason Mount Street. I'm like, oh, hang on a minute. Fucking hell. Stop the bus. I'm getting off. This is not what I got on this bus for. What are you doing? You know, that's the problem with it. It's like this last minute pivot for whatever the reason is, whether they want to spend the money on four players rather than two or whether they were getting cold feet about like is Bellingham totally committed to coming here can we run the risk of letting this play out only for them to then say I'm going to Real Madrid and then we're left with nothing I think there's an element of that's gone on Um, not necessarily that Bellingham wasn't going to come here but he'd not said to them I'm cutting off talks with everybody else and I'm definitely signing for you and without that assurance we've had to make a decision because most transfers are done in April. They're not done in June, July. The deals are in place. They're put in place now. Like, not necessarily finalised, but, like, you kind of know who you're getting in in around about April, May time. And there's got to be a cut-off point if you don't think you're getting that player. And I think that's maybe what's happened. And then we've just cleared the way for Real Madrid to just come in now. Um, So, it's not... For me, it's not just about Bellingham, the player, although that's part of it, because I really do think he'd be great for us. It's not that. It's about like the idea that they sold us on 
and then they just change it like at the last minute and we're expected to be fine about that i'm not fine about it and there's an element of me being like a, a total spoiled brat about it but every play we get linked with now i'm just like rolling my eyes and going because <laughs> i'm just pissed off i'm so pissed off it's like it doesn't matter who we get linked with it's not doing it for me because I'm just... It's like I'm waiting just... for Virgil. It's like waiting for Virgil and swerving to Harry Maguire at the last minute. You know what I mean? It's, just, <laughs> it's a joke. It's an absolute joke. I was right behind the bit waiting for Virgil. I think I was the only person who was. You were, I thought yeah. it was absolutely the right thing to do because I could see that he was perfect for us. So we've, we've used this strategy once before. I don't know what's happened. Has Klopp not turned the charm on with Bellingham? Has he not gone to Blackpool? Is that what it is? Klopp needs to go to Blackpool. Yeah. But it just... Whatever, it's just, it's embarrassing, like, it's what, really embarrassing. What I got I, told I just, is his dad, um, who handles all of this, his dad wasn't prepared to say, okay, I'm only talking to you, I, I don't care what Real Madrid or Man City is saying. His dad was like, well, I'm listening to what everybody's got to say and whatever every, everyone's offering, which, that's his job as his dad and as his representative, you know, I, yeah, I would absolutely. not expect anything less. I, but got no we needed that the, assurance and, yeah. and we didn't get it and that's part of the reason. Do, do you know, just coming on to your point about who we get, anyone else being a disappointment, I, think that it's a, I do think it's a problem for the club because we've talked about how flat things are. It I is really think the mouth. club, the club needs the fan base. Everyone needs a lift. Yeah, we we all we went into this season on a bit of a downer after the way last season finished, despite winning two trophies. You know, all of us were disappointed, and it's been flat at largely flat at Anfield, relatively speaking, all all throughout this season. Um, and I think you know, it looks like we're we're going to have we're not going to be in the Champions League next year. Um, we're now not going to get Bellingham. I think they've got a lot of work to do to re-energise everybody. Mm. And that does come, whether whether you like it or not, you can talk about new fans, this, Sky Generation, whatever. I, I'm absolutely with Jules's point. Jules always says everyone likes a, a big, new, shiny toy. And he's absolutely right, we do. And I don't know how they're going to achieve that now after saying, you're going for, you're going for this absolutely boss toy over here. And no, no, we're not. We're going down, we're going to home bargains and we're getting you one off the 50p aisle. There's absolutely no way. I, I think it's going to be... Well, it doesn't matter who we're getting. Everyone's going to seem like they come from home bargains now yeah. after uh, Even Because that McAllister, I really like him. He's a really good player. Yeah, but, but he's not Chief Bellingham, is he? It's not getting me juices flowing. Mason Mount's a good player, and I can see the logic for going for him. And if he was coming in with Bellingham, I'd yeah. be completely on board and say, yeah, not I can exciting, see why though, that's really good. But if that's your alternative, uh, then, yeah, good luck with that, because... It, it just puts everybody on, on a downer. And Stu made this point in, in the chat, and he's right. He's totally right, 100% right, and I don't care. And like, what Stu was saying, you don't need to go out and be paying like 80, 90 million pounds for this player. There's, there's plenty of good players you can go and get, like sensible signings for 30, 40 million who will come in and they'll fit and they'll make us better. And that's what's made us good, like those type of signings. Yeah, and so I totally get that logic. You know, you got your signer players in the like forty million pound bracket, and they come in, and then they become a hundred million pound players, be, be play, paying playing for Klopp and what he gets out of these players. We've done it with so many players during Klopp's time here, so I totally get it. It makes absolute sense. It's to do the sensible deals and all that. I just don't care. I'm like, no, I, I'm not. I'm not ready to just accept that. I'm still. No, I'm so absolutely. pissed off. You sold us on a dream. And then you took that dream away and you're like, yeah, but we'll just go and do this. It's like, ugh. It, 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 it will put people on a downer and it makes next season more difficult if we don't get off to a flying start. 
much as none of us like to be fair to Stu, I'm going to have to be fair to Stu, because he did say yesterday when that story came through, it just makes no sense to not go for Bellingham. Oh, yes, yeah, Stu's on the Bellingham bus, he is. Yeah, and he, you know, he said it works out at about, I think it's about 100, 106 million pounds, isn't it? I think in Euros it was about 110, 115 is what was what was reported. Yeah. And his point was, at that price, it's just crazy not to. And he's right. And he's, he's, he's right. very much on the, on the same the same wavelength as us where it comes down to you would rather get him and then a cheaper player alongside him and worry about the rest yeah. later he, so he's, yeah. he's on that his point was it wasn't about Bellingham it was like well if we're no, not doing that he doesn't want us going and, and, and pay like or something, yeah. 90 million to Brighton when we can go and yeah. get somebody playing in France for 40 million it'll be just as good yeah. and he's yeah. right yeah. you know that there's got to be he players is, yeah. out there who are as good as Saicedo it's got to be uh, and McAllister as well. I mean, and and he also said, you know, Brighton will just go and sign that player. Well, well they'll sell him, and then they'll go and sign the player who we should have bought, <laughs> and yeah. they'll sign him for like a pittance, and then he'll be worth like, you know, three, four times that in twelve months' time. So yeah, the the whole sensible aspect of transfer, it's right, but it's just not gonna, it's not gonna cut it when like. You, you you want that statement signing just to especially after the season we've had it's like no we're still here we're, we're still big players in this yes and we're coming back we're serious about coming back and a, a, a statement signing like that does that these other signings you were getting linked with probably not and and that's the, the the issue that I've got with it but I also think what you said about not being totally convinced about these Real Madrid reports I feel the same way you know it's come from Marse and well like they're always right. You know, they, some of the shite that they... they know, every player in the world wants to go to Real Madrid, is close to signing to Real Madrid. That, that's how they report everything. doesn't necessarily make it so. So let's just see how it plays out, but it's it's not looking great. We've got to say that. If this is a bluff, it's one fucking hell of a bluff. I just hope that you're uh, happy with your bus when it arrives at um, McAllister... Mount Pleasant. No, it's um, a fucking replacement bus service where they've stopped and said, you've all got to get off now. <laughs> the road's closed. We're not going up there Replacement now. bus service. Was Stu Monty laying the train tracks for this replacement <laughs> bus service? That's, that's why no, we're he, he drives the bus. train, doesn't he? Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So, Terry, Terry lays the tracks and Stu drives the train. Next next stop, Saicedo Crescent. Uh, let's, talk, let's talk about something a little bit more... Um, a bit more fun. I know you'll like talk about this one, Dan. Big Sam's back. <laughs> Well-headed prick. It was just the most. It was just the most fat Sam thing to do at, at that press conference. I'm up there with. Amazing. Pep. I'm up. I'm up there with Klopp. And I noticed as well. You know, like he, he used Jurgen's second name, um, where he went for Pep. I, I, I do think there is there, there was some issues between them, which is no surprise. Because um, Jurgen is quite active on the touchline, and uh, Sam Allardyce is a well-headed prick, so I, I I just noticed that that got my back up. Maybe that's just me being me. Um, I didn't get yeah. my back up. I just thought you dickhead. You well, absolutely dickhead. That was, that was my first <laughs> response. He's got he's got one job, which is keep Leeds in the Premier League. If he wants to take them down as well as Everton, I'm completely on board with that. I, I would be on board with that more than anything. But it's not been that kind of season, has it? Um, he's a slow starter, isn't he? He doesn't he doesn't have instant impact when he goes into clubs. So well, I think with Palace, it took him like six games before he got his first win. It's, and he normally has a transfer window as well. 
he does, yes, when he signs all kinds of weird and wonderful players. From um, Willie, all for Willie Mackay. Exactly that, yeah. Um, but I think he's going to get off to a slow start with Leeds because their first game is away to Man City yeah. on Saturday. So they're going to get wrecked there, and that's fine. What he needs to do is get them up for the home games. Um, Apparently it's worth three million to him if he keeps them up. Three yeah. million pounds for four games. It's worth it's it now, isn't it? it's well worth yeah. it if, if that happens yeah. my feeling is that it's going to be shorter than his England managerial stint personally but um, yeah Big Sam is back and, and it, it's got right on my nerves Dave because I want I need him to do well because if he does well then that's probably curtains for the Blues to be honest yeah I, I don't see him saving Leeds to be honest but I hope he does no. not because of any love for him or Leeds I mean, if Leeds, if if you can guarantee me that Everton are going down no matter what, then let Leeds go with them. And yep. a lot of it's just to do with that video of their players last week walking past like the kids in the hotel. Like, Who the fuck do you think you are? You've been shit all season. You should be grateful anybody wants your autograph or wants to say hello to you. And you're walking past them. I thought that was disgusting. Like I thought the pathetic message afterwards, it's trying to explain it, yeah. was even worse, really. And then, Just should have said, no excuse, we're out of order, sorry. Then you've got like people defending them, saying, oh, that video's out of context because like uh, Luke Ayling and Gracia and a couple of other players stopped. I'm like, well, good for them, but that's not out of context because it shows you like about 15 players just completely blanking the fans. Now, it's different when you're going into a stadium and there's loads there and you've got your game face on and you want to just get in. It's different. But even then, there's no excuse for just not waving and just saying hello. I'm not saying you've got to stop for selfies and all that. But in a hotel like that, when there's, what, there was like 10 people there, maybe 15. And, and kids. I know. And, and so, how so are polite you and eager as well, those kids were. You know, you know they, sh- I mean? they should have stopped for every one of them should have stopped because it- it's not like there's loads of people there and you're going to be there forever. And even if you don't stop, at least wave and say hello. You know, do yeah. not just blank them. I thought do, I just, doing the mobile phone bastards. and headphones. Just think you are the season that you've had. You've, you've been absolutely shit, and these fans are still turning out. Just the kids, just wanting like wanting a nod and a wave. That's all you've got to do, and they blank yeah. them. I was fuming about it. I'm like, you know what? If Everton go down, I want you to go as well. But I, I can't root for Leeds to go down at this moment in time because that might be enough to keep Everton up. So the priority is is just it's Everton going down. And you know, you know, I'm obsessing about this. I've been thinking about it for months, and like, <laughs> and I think like part of the reason why I want them to go down so much is because I'm sick of them doing this all the time and somehow managing to get away, either because a goalkeeper's being fucking bribed or if it's like, you know, uh, that decision that when the ball was like three yards over the line and Bolton ended up going down because of it. There's always something. Like last season, you know, like scabby 1-0 wins against teams they should not be beating. Fucking Arsenal, Chelsea, Man United all going there and losing. There's just always something that keeps the bastards up. And I think... Probably the best way for me to describe this is picture like a massive turd in a toilet bowl and you're flushing and it's just not going and you're like, fucking hell, what's it going to take for this to go? So Is this you going on the ground last night, Dave? <laughs> <laughs> no, I had no problems flushing that, I tell you. Um, it, so you've got like this massive turd and it's sat there. No matter what you do, it's just not going down. So like last year, this turd doesn't go down. So, you start poking it with a stick because you think, if I break it up, it's going to be easier to flush. So, you poke it with a stick and this big piece of shit comes off. Let's call it Richarlison. So, that's off. (laughs) And you think, 
This will probably flush now, but I want to make sure. So you keep poking it with a stick and then a smaller piece of shit comes off. We'll call that one Anthony Gordon. And you're like, okay, so this will go now. So it should, it had better flush now because if it doesn't flush now, then what the hell, what's left? You're, you're going to have to just break it in half until Pickford falls off and then hopefully that'll be enough. So they've just got to go this year. It's like, it, it's doing me head in now because all these like great escapes that they're getting and then they're putting it on fucking murals and in like the corridors at Goodison, like the pitch invasions at the end. And like last year they invade the pitch and Ben Teke gets fucking lamped when like they beat Palace and the game wasn't even over. But then, you know, teams just want to get out of there in one piece. So they're not like, they're not putting up the effort that they should. So Bournemouth on the last day, if it goes down to that, then they're going to stay up because Bournemouth are just going to want to get out of there. So we're relying on like Brighton next week, Man City doing the job. And it's important that Arsenal keep winning because I don't want Man City to think, oh, well, we're fine now. It doesn't matter if if like, if like we lose this game or draw this game even. We need Man City to be completely at it to beat Everton. And then Wolves, their last home game, hopefully wanting to make amends for getting beat 6-0 at Brighton. So you'd like to think Wolves want to finish the season giving the fans like something to smile about. So hopefully Wolves get the job done and then it won't matter what happens uh, at the Bournemouth game. But the problem is, watch like that Everton game against Leicester the other night. I actually thought Everton were pretty good. It was like, it, it was disturbing that they looked competent. And I'm like, you know what? Of these two, Leicester should be probably the most worried because I thought Leicester was shite. Uh, and I, I'm no longer convinced Leicester will just get themselves out of it, which I was. I thought, yeah, Leicester will be fine. They've got good players. Well, those so-called good players, Madison, Tielemans, Harvey Barnes, were absolute dog shit against Everton. They were terrible. Like Jamie Vardy. Defend. Jamie Vardy's still their best player at 37. He's still great, Jamie what, Vardy. What a, love Jamie Vardy. Absolutely yeah, love him. One of my favourite players. Love watching him. But like the rest of Leicester's teams, like you know what? I don't necessarily think they will get out of it. So then you're looking at Forest. Well, Forest have got Southampton at home next week. Got to win that. If Forest win that, I think they'll probably be okay. But it's just so up in the air at the moment, and I feel like one Everton win might be enough. And it's just like keep me awake you at know night. What? I, I've never heard you talk about fixtures. I know. So authoritatively, ever I know. about Liverpool and, and it's, you're talking about every game. It's not just that I know Everton's fixtures, I know everybody else's fixtures. It's all of fixtures. them, I know, I know. because I've stood but only for down months, the bottom. Only the ones out, down the bottom. Yeah, just working out all the permutations. Like, it's it's driving me to distraction. Like, I just need it to be over. You're not going to shop and we're going for the Champions League in the league. Well, we're also just take it game by game. I don't look ahead to say who have we got next. But this is different. You know, I'm, I'm having to, like, work out all the possible permutations. And... I've said from day one that they're going to go down and me, me logic was they should have gone last year, they were terrible and the main reason they stayed up, it was Richarlison and it was Pickford and it was Goodison. I, also Anthony Gordon diving for penalties played a part as well. So that's what kept them up. Well, two of those you know players what? have gone. They've replaced them if with this, lesser players. So If this doesn't happen, we're going to have to start a pray for Dave hashtag and a just given page for yeah, you. Think. It's going to be You're going to struggle, mate. Uh, it is. You it's are going to struggle, but then I'm just going to be relying on the Premier League to just do the business and just you know say, yeah, we're docking your Bend points, them. you're down. Yeah. <sighs> do we need so to do it, Brentford? Uh, yeah, at the end, but won't talk about Lampard. <laughs> oh, another well-headed prick. <laughs> Did uh, you see that? Did you see that tweet about him about his record? I I linked it up this morning. So his his recent record is one, uh, naught. Drawn, naught, lost six. So if he gets one more, 
It's it's 007. He's going for James Bond. <laughs> He's going for the, the full James Bond dream. That's what it is. It's all part of the plan. It's all part of it. It's it's all by design. He's not shite, really. He just wants 007 after his name. If he wants to be he's, James Bond, he's going to need a hair transplant. Yeah, and lose some weight as well, the fat prick. <laughs> fat, bald, fraud, Frank. Yeah. Yes, and I'm not in any glass houses in this conversation whatsoever. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's it's just hilarious. Like um, the, the stat that came out last so week bad. is probably like the best stat of the season. And it makes sense when you think about it, but it's not something that you would have thought of. And when you first see it, you go, what? No. And it's like, Roy Hodgson's got more wins this season than Frank Lampard. <laughs> Brilliant. Magic man Roy, as Klopp calls him. <laughs> I heard him throwing his players under the bus again the other night, last night or whenever it was, the night before, whenever they played. It's honestly, whenever, whenever, whenever they get a result, this is in his whole career, it's we. And when they lose, it's they. Yeah. Every single time. Proper Tory, isn't he? Tory to his core. Yeah. Oh, we need Chris doing the Lampard impression. <laughs> yeah, we do. We've had enough impressions on this podcast for one day, don't you think? Go on, do it again, Dan. You must have do, some more. Do the, the back. Back. Come on, Dan, again. Go on, Come I'm on. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I am not a performing seal, Dave. <laughs> <laughs> I he can't a, do these things. Has he got a lisp? <laughs> Did he have a lisp? He has now. He has now. Leave me alone. I've got a cold. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll do an impression. You ready? Go on. Boxing is a barbaric sport. <laughs> but to be a boxer, you do not need to be a barbarian. Nigel Ben is an animal. The man has no animal. decorum. <laughs> do you remember when, do you remember after, uh, I can't remember which fight it was, he just won. And he goes, uh, he, comes on, he comes on afterwards and he goes, now to more important things, I want to talk about Iraq. <laughs> <laughs> And then he, on the other one, where he goes, after the fight, he goes, marry me, Karen, marry me, Karen. <laughs> you remember that one? Yeah. He's absolutely off his head. He's fucking You and me, shit, you and me big, big, fun, big fans of that, uh, that In the Dark program. Oh, I don't what it's called. If you haven't watched that In the Dark or when I play and watch it, it was amazing. So funny. The Chris first Eubank episode and, is uh, unbelievable. <laughs> and Gaza and his stories. It was yeah. just, oh... <laughs> I just couldn't get over it. Like the first episode, I was like, "What am I watching? Here? This is fucking. This might be like the best TV of all time." It's just unreal. I think as a story of knocking one out in number ten down the street might be the most incredible thing I've ever seen on television ever. Not enough was being made of that. Like that should have been like massive news. I know, it's something glossed over. I know, it was just it's so funny. sensational telly. <laughs> it was. You, me, uh, and Brownie in the chat pissing ourselves, and I everyone know. else bemused. Yeah, stunned so, silence from me. Yeah. <laughs> anyone who hasn't who hasn't watched it, um, what's it called? Scared of the Dark, or that's it. Yeah, yeah Scared, scared of, the of the Dark. Any, if you haven't watched it, get on it. It's just too funny. Uh, I suppose we should talk about Brentford then. Honestly, really <laughs> can't be asked. Like that last night was just a, a total can't be asked game. It's like yeah, gotta go. Hopefully it'll be fun, but I'm not expecting much, and I kind of feel the same about the Brentford game. It's like back to Anfield third time in a week, and it? it just feels like a drag. It just mm. this it's like this interminable season will never end. No games and, at home for weeks and then you've got like three and eight days or in whatever a week. it is. Yeah, three three in six three in six, six days. Yeah. yeah, and and like Paul's just kind of touched on that from what I was gonna say. I thought midfield looked leggy at times last night and I think we'll make changes. I think I think you'll see quite a few changes in, in midfield. Hey, uh, do you know what, Dan? Just on that point, I meant to say this before. I was fuming when Klopp left Hendo on last night. 
and then he took the, and then he looked like he had like he got an injury about five minutes later because I thought he looked leggy just yeah. when Klopp was making those final changes. I hope uh, I hope Hendo's not injured again. We haven't yeah, heard Klopp it, said nothing about that. No, he didn't. But because it looked like he he done that back heel, didn't he, to nobody? And it looked yeah. like he pulled something when he done it. But then he got up. And That's straight like away, he had, he had like a big sprint to close somebody down. So I thought, it's not a muscle, because if it was a muscle, he wouldn't have been able to do that. I think he maybe... Was it his groin? He might have stood on the ball. You know, when he'd done that back here, he might have stood on the ball and rolled his ankle. I don't know. But if, if it was anything bad, he wouldn't have been able to just go charging off, closing somebody down straight away. So I think he's probably all right. But he might not play anyway, because we keep saying, don't play him twice in a week. It makes no sense to do it. So I think Elliot's was amazed he was left him. on. Yeah I, yeah, I thought he had a good game as well, by the way. Yeah, um, yeah. But too. he was starting to run out of gas at the end. But yeah, I think uh, Elliot will come in for him. I'd be surprised if, if he didn't. Um, do I know about Curtis? Because he's played a lot lately. I don't know whether they'll they'll keep playing him or whether he's due for the rest. But we've not I got would. too I, I, many I options, think gets, have we? I think he I, I thought in the first half he was really good last yeah, night. Yeah, he's the whole playing team really well. Faded. I, 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 I would definitely just keep it going, just for his own, just for his confidence. Unless they do feel there's a physical risk. That's what I mean. If, if there's, there's a, a physical risk, then don't. Yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Is like, um, if he can play, you'll play him. But is it worth? If there's any kind of doubt there, no. Just it's it's like it's a lot of games in a short space of time, and he's played all of them. And deservedly so. I mean, it's funny because we said like weeks ago, didn't we? Curtis should play every game yeah. from now to the end yeah. of the season, and he has. So yeah. you know, it's good, and and he's he's definitely like um, earned his spot for next season. Absolutely no question about that. Now he's a player; he, we can use him. He's going to bring something to the team. Not necessarily first choice starting every game, but he's shown like that. If he does, if he does have to play and he does get a run of games, you're not worried about him, are you? He's he's definitely contributing and doing what we need them to do so and five subs five subs changes the whole nature yeah. of being a being a player on the a squad player now yeah you're, gonna, you're definitely going to get more mm-hmm. game time yeah so um i don't think Hendo will play uh, i think robo will come back in for costas what did you make of that by the way you know um costas coming in for robo understood why you maybe do that because robo had a bad game at the weekend and it was a chance to rest him anyway why do you think um costas wasn't left on to play the full game Weird. Don't know. I mean, it, there was the back line stuff, wasn't there? I mean, he was definitely, he definitely wasn't. He was probably the one who was least uh, in tune with the other defenders. Although Canate um, was a little bit wobbly as well. I, I don't know. Just strange. Strange. It's one of them where I'm looking at it and thinking, I just don't understand that. Yeah. What did you think, Dan? Why did, did you? I, I didn't think Costas was particularly terrible. Like, no, he wasn't great either. But he wasn't terrible. No, he, it, it was a strange one. Yeah. Um, you just don't know if maybe he's had a bang or something. Um, and oh yeah, maybe just, I hadn't considered that just a knock or something, yeah, precautionary. Yeah, just, so it's more about taking him off rather than putting Robbo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think sense. so. Yeah, and, and when Robbo came on, you know, like within seconds, he actually went on a big drive and pushed forward, and we won a corner off it. Um, Put a good ball in as well, didn't he? I think. Yeah, he did. He, he normally does from corners as well. Um, so yeah, it was it was weird. I, I would think that probably Costas has, has had a bump or has, has felt something, and that's why he came off. Would not be surprised me if Jurgen says something to that to that effect on Thursday when he does his press conference or Friday. Friday, yeah. So we think Robbo comes back in for Brentford. So usual yeah. back four. Yeah. Um, Fabinho, Elliot, maybe Jones, and what? What do you yeah. think about the forward line? Gakpo back in for Darwin. I'd I'd try and. I'd want I, I want to try and get Darwin in the team. I, just where though is the question? 
I just want Darwin to have, I don't want him to feel like there's something there for him to aim for. I don't know. I just feel like he needs, it's not whether he deserves it or not. He needs it, I think. Yeah. And we need to find ways to accommodate him. We've, I think we've just got to use these uh, these few remaining games now to see if we can just get him a little bit back in the groove again. Because it's going to just be another knock if he starts last night uh, and then is, is, is out of the team again. I don't know. I don't know. Um, I, I, I don't think Klopp will do Diaz it. I don't think Klopp will do that. You? Yeah, so, yeah, you do. But yeah. he might say with Diaz, Diaz has had, you know, he's only just come back. He's yeah. had two games, best part of two games in a week already. He's gonna, we're going to rest him for the third one. And unless like the the knock that he's got is is problematic and keeps him from training, you know, Jota's got a really strong case for for starting as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Do you know who I want to see getting some minutes? Carvalho, I just I feel so bad for that I, lad. I felt sorry for him at half time when I saw him um, coming out with the subs. I just thought this move has not gone the way you wanted at all. No. He must have particularly seen how Harvey had done there. You know, Harvey's his mate from like when they were kids. He must have, and I bet Harvey was involved in the talks to get him there. Harvey's yeah. probably been filling his head with how brilliant it has been at Liverpool. I felt really sorry for him seeing him seeing him warming up at half time. He's just he hasn't had a sniff, has he? No. And and it's he's not another like he's one been where shit. You know, he scored like four or five goals, hasn't he? He's yeah. done all right, but, but Coming back to what we were saying about transfers and recruitment and strategy and what we're signing players for, I mean, did we sign him for any reason other than that we could and that he'd be worth something yeah. to sell on? Because what role yeah. in the team, like we've said yeah. this before, but you look at like the positions in the team, which one does he fit? And there's none. He doesn't particularly, no. the best no, he doesn't. is maybe like left of the front three, but he's not ideal for that. And there's nowhere else where he's like a natural fit. It's like, well, what were we doing, Simon? I feel sorry for him. You know, in hindsight, he should have stayed where he was. Fulham have had a good season. He'd have been playing pretty much all the time. And yeah, um, yeah it's not it's not worked out for him. But I seen an interview with him a couple of weeks ago, and he said like, "What have you learned from this season?" And he said like, "Patience. You know, I've got to just wait for me chance." And it was a really good mature interview and it just made me like feel even more sorry for him because he's got to be pissed off and you know it's I, I just I'd like to see him get some minutes because we've barely seen him since the Man City game uh, like that, which was the first game back after the World Cup wasn't it he? he started that he scored he didn't play well but he scored and, and then he got subbed at half time and we've barely seen him since he hasn't come off the bench, has he? No, he's, no, a lot of the time he's not even been on the bench but recently he has but he's he's not got on and then I, I feel bad for him there. There's games where you could have put him on, even if it's just like 10 minutes, just to keep him involved. And he's just not really, he's not really had a sniff, has he? I just feel bad for no. that. Yeah, same. But I don't think he'll be involved on at the weekend either. I don't think he'll, he'll get, maybe he'll get on a couple of minutes at the end. But um, What's Bre- what's uh, what's Brentford's form like at the moment? How are they doing? Okay. They beat, Chelsea, yeah. they beat Chelsea, which is no great surprise at Stamford Bridge. Mind you. Yeah, we couldn't though, could we? They've been um, all right, they, they, you know, up and down. They got beat by Everton, didn't they? Is, is Ivan Tony ever getting a ban? What's going on with all <laughs> that as well? I know. You know, um, uh, did they beat Forrest last weekend, didn't they? Uh, like yeah, the, the busy like, bodies. Oh, I know. It's like, fucking hell, Brentford. Just, what are you doing? But, like, I was, I was driving and I had talk sport on and um, a Forrest fan rang up and he was kicking off about the fact that Ivan Tony is, like, is still playing. And I'm like, okay, I get his point, but he's not being found guilty of anything, so you can't like not let him play. So, but I did understand to a point. He's like, you know, it's not fair. Why is he? Why is he still playing when he's got all these charges over him? I'm like, well, Man City is still playing, and they've got all those charges over them. So, you know, until you're actually proven guilty. But then he says, you know, if he gets found guilty, 
they need to take all of his goals away and recalculate the points. He's like, you know, well, we, yeah. we've lost that game today because oh, Adam Tony scored. I'm like, fucking hell, mate, listen to yourself. That's like, that's, I thought that that's might like be like... COVID conspiracy theory level of like, nonsense, That, that might be like the stupidest fucking phone call I've ever heard. <laughs> but listen, that wasn't the worst. Someone came on <laughs> after and it was... Um, so then another guy comes on and he's a, he's, a, he's a West Ham fan and they just got beat at Palace and it was like, there was a dodgy penalty decision. And he comes on saying, what needs to happen now? We need to get the lawyers involved and we need to take VAR to court to get those points back. <laughs> and I'm like, you, know what, you, you, you know what the fundamental issue is here, Dave? You're listening to TalkSport. You're going to get the arms ringing up. It's not just that I was listening to TalkSport. No, honestly, there's a lot of TalkSport's actually, like, it's it's entertaining and, and there's some decent discussion. The problem was, it's not just that it was TalkSport, but this show, the two hosts of this show, <laughs> wait for it, is Jamie O'Hara and Gabby Agbonlahor. <laughs> so oh, it's like yeah, the no, two okay. thickest men on the, on the station. But they actually sounded intelligent from the, based on the callers. You know, like the callers were coming on. And even Agbonlahor and O'Hara were like, hang on a minute, really? That's, you know, that's a bit mad. But yeah, he's like, we should we should take um, VAR to court to get these points back because we could, go, we could get relegated for that. And I'm like... Okay, so don't you think that every other team in the league at some point can also say we've lost points there because of our we're taking them to court as well, you know? And then referees, let's take referees to court because they made poor decisions on the pitch. Just let's. fucking mental. Just mental. Imagine if Everton. Imagine if that door was open for Everton. Oh retrospectively, my God. they could. They could take referees to court for the number of times that they reckon they've been shafted by refs. <laughs> well, just going back to the because we we were talking about this because of Brentford and Ivan Tony and that like, but um, so just going back to the Brentford game, uh, do we think Paul Tierney's going to be fit for this? Because he's obviously missed the game last night. I don't know. There must be something. He must have some kinds of ailments. Is he going to be back for the weekend? <laughs> well, people don't get we dropped anymore, Dave. They get they get rested. So he's been rested. Yeah, re- rotated. Yeah, and it, and he'll be back in for the weekend, fresh and ready to go. I mean, on a serious note, though, like prior to last night, he'd refereed twenty-one percent of our games this season. I mean, it's how's bad, that it? even possible? And twenty-five percent of his games have been Liverpool games. And someone worked it out, and and they put on Twitter, <laughs> Paul Tierney's been on the pitch for Liverpool games this season for more minutes than Ox and Cater combined. <laughs> <laughs> Not hard, to be fair. I think it was one minute more. Ouch. It's mad. How is he getting like our games all the time? Well, we know why, because Howard Webb just keeps sending them out there, and the more pissed off we get, the more likely he is to be getting the games. They'll probably send fucking Toblerone shaped linesmen out this weekend as well. <laughs> he'll be running the line, Tierney will be in charge. No, seriously, I don't think we'll see Tierney again this season. Uh, I think like it'd be too blatant if they did. So, well, we have only got three games left, haven't yeah, we? So. so I think they'll say, you know what, you can sit the next three, you can go and do like other games. It'll be interesting to see what happens next season with this because I, I said in, in, in the group, didn't I, if we're going to do anything out of this, I, I didn't agree with what Jürgen did on the, the, the touchline. I thought that was a bit OTT, although I understood why he was angry. Um, we should probably make it our goal to take Tierney out of our games for a while. Now, knowing... Um, the FA and the PMGOL they will probably think that next season is long enough 
for that you know long enough of a gap yeah. for Tierney to get our games. But if the, we can get a short-term goal of getting Paul Tierney away from our games for a, a period of time, then I would say it's it's a win. But it's it's worth Jurgen copping a ban as long as it's this season. Well, we may as well finish on that. What do we think? What ban do we think Klopp's going to get? Two games, still double his punishment from last time. I think three. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I haven't thought about it that much. I think, yeah, I think they'll they'll want to they'll want to uh, make it pretty severe. So and three, it should be, can, I guess. it should be, and yeah, you know, yeah. people can people can I kick off both or you know defend them and that. But ask yourself this: if that was Guardiola or Arteta, what what would you be saying then? You know, you can't you can't do what he's done now. There is some mitigating circumstances in that. A lot of his reactions have been because of this just crazy treatment that Mo's getting. That's the thing that's triggering Klopp more than anything. He's it's he's not reacting like that to every decision, but when he sees Mo getting fouled and it's it's like the most obvious free kick in the world and it's not getting given. Like his the two times he's got in trouble this season, one, Bernardo Silva fucking rugby tackled him right in front of the linesman and nothing was given. That's when Klopp lost his shit at the linesman. And then this one there's a lot of stuff going on in the game for and against us. You know, I thought Tierney was just bad for both teams, to be fair. And um, the Mo one is what triggered him. Now, that doesn't excuse him celebrating in front of the fourth official. I don't know what he's thinking. It was just... And he said... And the thing with Klopp was he always knows afterwards when he calms down, oh, what have I done there? You know, that's that's ridiculous. I shouldn't have done that. It's not a good look. So he, he gets that. And he said he was screaming at the fourth official... Um, Without you, without you, like basically saying, yeah, we've won the game with no help from from yous, and he's embarrassed about like the fact that he's done that. And then when he said about the way he spoke to me is what he said to me is not acceptable, and then everyone's like, oh, what's he said? And it turns out what he said is nothing really, and I don't think it's what he said that was unacceptable. And no, it will have been the way he said it and the fucking smug, smarmy look on his face when he said it. Because yeah, uh, yeah. he says to Klopp, you know, this should be a red card, but you can thank him for it only being a yellow. And you just know it's going to be the way he said it. It's like really rubbed Klopp up the wrong way. Smug. Yeah, and smug, then he's gone slimy. into his press conference afterwards still absolutely steaming about it. And he said he's not he's not being smart. He shouldn't have, he shouldn't have played it the way he played it. And they've basically just done him like a kipper. You know, like um, same thing with the, with the Robbo incident as well. You know, like Tierney's booking Robbo because Robbo's shouting at him because he's been elbowed in the face by the linesman. But they've just, you know, you can't win. These are battles that you are not going to win because people don't talk about why you've done what you've done. Like the narrative on on like Five Live, Talk Sports, Sky Sports, Match of the Day, whoever. The narrative is not. Well, Klopp's pissed off because this, this, and this. No, the narrative no one gives a shit about it? that. It's always going to be you cannot treat officials like that, which is true. You can't, and so it's a battle that you're not going to win. Well, and Tierney knows that, so Tierney can be as smug as he likes, knowing full well if Klopp loses his shit, it's not Tierney that's going to be the one getting in trouble. As long as he doesn't actually say anything inappropriate, he can say in whatever manner he likes, and he can be as smug as he likes. And you can just imagine him when he's saying. 
you know, you're lucky it's not a red card. I had to give you the red card, but you've got him to thank. And you know what? He has got the fourth official to thank, and he should thank the fourth official. Because if he was like your typical jobs worth gobshite, like most of them, he would have just said to Tierney, oh, he, he can't be doing that, send him off. So he's done him a favour by saying, look, it's not that bad, just give him a yellow card. So fair play to the fourth official for not being a knobhead about it when he would have been entitled to be a knobhead because Klopp's running up and screaming in his face. When It's nothing to do with the fourth official. He's not making any decisions. So he's like copping the flack for the, the linesman. Well, not even the linesman because the linesman didn't give the foul against Mo. It was Tierney that, that blew the whistle. So he's copping the flack for what Tierney's done. And he's an innocent victim, really. But fair play to him for not like saying, "I oh, send him off." So yeah, fourth official, well done. Klopp should be thanking you. But the the whole Tierney thing—that's not a fight you're going to win. And especially if you fight it the way Jurgen's fighting it, you've got to be smarter than that, really. Yeah, yeah. Right. Are we just before we finish? Are we doing predictions for Brentford? Uh, we haven't done predictions, have we? I don't. I don't even know. No idea. <laughs> I, I will win. I'll say 2-1. We'll I'll say we'll win 2-1, but I would yeah, not I, be the I, least I, bit surprised if we drew. I don't see another clean sheet. I thought I was, you know, I just don't see another clean sheet. I'm, I'm going to go, I'm, yeah, I'll go with you 2-1. I'm going to go 2-1. Dan? I'll say 2-0. Um, I think Brentford, apart from when they play Forest and they've been utter busybodies and getting in our way and all, causing an annoyance, um, I think Brentford are uh, dumbed and they have completely... Um, earned the right to, to take it easy for the, the middle of the season because they've done great again they've had an amazing season um, but I think we'll beat them 2-0 I, I, I think we, you, you might find that we're a bit more intense if United drop points tonight just to try and go up again and you know, twist their arm but that's me um, with the Jim Curry is there a chance gift for fourth because <laughs> I, I can't accept Europa League football but there you go Yeah I'm not looking forward to the Europa League either but it is what it no. is I think we're stuck with that Okay, so, yeah, we'll be back after Brentford then. Um, Chris might be back for that one. He was he was uh, normally just the midweek pods, but he was unavailable for this. So, uh, hopefully, he'll be back at the weekend and I won't have to do any hosting. Okay, so, thanks for listening and we'll catch you soon. Well, the best word I can say, but uh, we'll describe this, was boom. <laughs> 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 Ooh, what was this? It was really good.